Welcome back to Breakthrough, Waking Up to the Real You, Sunday's Word. I am Alejandro Vivanco. Thank you so much for joining me today. Remember to subscribe and share the podcast if you haven't already. And also make sure to follow me on Instagram at alevivanco29 for more. Today we're going to talk about Matthew 19 and Matthew 23. So on Matthew 19, it says, The rich and the kingdom of God. Just then a man came up to Jesus and asked, Teacher, what good thing must I do to get eternal life? Why do you ask me about what is good? Jesus replied. There is only one who is good. If you want to enter life, keep the commandments. Which ones? He inquired. Jesus replied, You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony. Honor your father and mother and love your neighbor as yourself. All these I have kept, the young man said. What do I still lack? Jesus answered, If you want to be perfect, go, sell your possessions and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. When the young man heard this, he went away sad because he had great wealth. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Truly I tell you, it is hard for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of heaven. Again again I tell you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. When the disciples heard this, they were greatly astonished and asked, Who then can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, With man this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Peter answered him, We have left everything to follow you. What then will there there be for us? Jesus said to them, Truly I tell you, at the renewal of all things when the Son of Man sits on his glorious throne, you who have followed me will also sit on twelve thrones judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or fields for my sake will receive a hundred times as much and will inherit eternal life. But many who are first will be last and many who are last will be first. Okay, let's talk about Matthew 19 real quick. So, it depends on how you accumulate wealth, I guess, because if you're someone who worships money, then you're not getting into heaven. I don't think there is an automatic, if you are rich, you are not going to get into heaven, but definitely it's how you go about your wealth, how you go about your money. If you're greedy, if you are not charitable, if you, again, worship money, if your whole raison d'etre is money and accumulation, you're definitely not getting into heaven, okay? Um, and you don't have to be wealthy to, to live that. You just have to be somebody who has a really bad relationship with money. And you believe that money is supposed to be on a pedestal, so the, the, the person who talks to 
Jesus, the young man, he has wealth, but, and I think this is a test because Jesus says, hey, leave everything and follow me. This is something that he said to a lot of people and a lot of them followed him, but the young young man put on, on, on a higher scale his wealth than to follow Jesus. Because remember, the kingdom of heaven doesn't need your money. I don't care how much you have or don't have. And obviously, you're not being measured only by that because you can be poor and can, you know, break some of the commandments. You're not getting into heaven. Or you can be poor and not have faith or not go to church or no, not um, go to confessions. But it's about what are you willing to give up in your life that doesn't align with God so that you can follow God. I think that is the the basis of this. That's the foundation of what we're talking about. Are you willing to give up, let's say, alcohol? Are you willing to give up social media, as in showing yourself in ways that are not of God? Are you willing to stop lying for God? Are you willing to stop judging others for God? Like there are so many things that we have an attachment to. In this case, this young man had an attachment to his wealth. And obviously nowadays people would say, well, yeah, he worked really hard. Sure. But again, the things of the earth will stay on the earth and the things of heaven are not of this earth. So you cannot cash in on all your wealth and have Peter open the gates because you're wealthy. God is saying, we don't care. We don't want it. We don't need it here. There's another set of values that coming to play here for eternal life. And so then the disciples, well, you know, wh- who can be saved then? Because remember, they, are, they, they gave up everything. And Jesus has to reassure them that they will be in heaven with him. But this is the thing. Once again, if you leave everything for God, you will get into heaven. Now, does it mean now that you have a family and you just leave them and and, and go to a monastery? Is that your calling? I don't know. But you have to be a man of God. You have to follow God. You have to look up to God. You have to serve God. You have to be obedient to God. And then that will inform how you lead your household. But if the the call comes and you have to leave everything behind, let's say you have a great job, you're a single man, you have a great job, and uh, you enjoy the pleasures of life, you can go on trips, or you can, you know, uh, go to expensive restaurants, and then the, the, the call comes and he's, God says, follow me, but I need you to leave everything. And those are some of the, the stories I have heard from priests. Leave everything and follow me. Especially one that I listened to, uh, Father Chris Alar, I think it's Alar. Um, he was with a, with a partner and he wanted to have a family and all these things. And then the, the call came. And when God calls, we answer. 
And then he's now a priest in up in Wisconsin, if I'm not mistaken. So many who are first will be last, and many who are last will be first. Doesn't mean all of them, because the elders, the ones that eventually have a, a beef with Jesus and they end up uh, giving him to Pontius Pilate for him to be crucified, are the first. They are the first in faith. They are the first in the synagogues. They keep the Sabbath holy. They will be last at the end of the day because they were, you know, in cahoots with others, with the teachers, and they wanted Jesus incarcerated and dead. So they will be last. And I read in, in God Bible Questions, a great, great uh, website, you know, Judas Iscariot was first. He was one of the disciples. Yeah, he is definitely last. He betrayed him. So it's not about, this is not a race, right? Because Jesus says also the prostitutes and the tax collectors will be first. Because it's not about what you have done. It's about what happens when the revelation comes. When you hear the words, are you willing to leave everything behind and serve God? Or you're going to get stuck in your ways. And then how, however you put God in your life, God will put you in, in, in wherever he believes you to belong. So you can, we cannot act surprised when we knock on the gates and then Peter says, we don't know you and you don't belong here. And then your life flashes and then you see that nowhere in your life or very little of your life, you put God first. Cannot be surprised. The relationship goes both ways. You're going to get what you gave. So where is God in your life? And if you have this mentality, mentality of, I think it's too late for me to do something. Look, it's going to be late when you're dead. Once you take your last breath, my guy, it's that's late. You are late. It's over. You don't have any type of control or power over your destiny. Hopefully you had good relationships, relationships with people that pray for you. Even after you're dead, they, they, they go to churches and they say, hey, I would like this mass to be dedicated to so-and-so. But that's it. So salvation which happens later on in life, when you're dead, when you're saved, it has to manifest when you're alive. You have to be willing to be saved in order to be saved. But if you're not willing to be saved, don't be surprised and shocked when you're not. That's why he says, with men, this is impossible, but with God, all things impossible. Meaning that don't look around at the world. Just look at God and he will be the one who's going to open the gates for you. And you're going to enter the kingdom. But we worship people. We worship things, but we don't worship God truly in our hearts. And then on Matthew 23, a warning against hypocrisy. He says, Then Jesus said to the crowd and to his disciples, The teachers of the law and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat, so you must be careful to do everything they tell you. But do not do what they do, for they do not practice what they preach. They tie up heavy, 
cumbersome loads and put them on other people's shoulders, but they themselves are not willing to lift a finger to move them. Everything they do is done for people to see. They make their phylacteries wide and the tassels on their garments long. They love the place of honor at banquets and the most important seats in the synagogues. They love to be greeted with respect in the marketplaces and to be called rabbi by others. But you are not to be called rabbi, for you have one teacher and you are all brothers. And do not call anyone on earth father, for you have one father and he is in heaven. Nor are you to be called instructors, for you have one instructor, the Messiah. The greatest among you will be your servant, for those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. And a great uh, way to pray for humility is if you pray the rosary, the joyful mysteries, and you the, the first mystery is humility. When the angel visits the Virgin Mary and tells her you are going to be the mother of Jesus. And it's a, it's a, it's a big calling, but it's very humbling for her. So if you are struggling with humility, pray to the Virgin Mary to give you humility, to allow you to be, get in touch with humility, to deny a little bit of yourself so that you can be humble for all things because God gives and God takes. So don't, we don't have to get comfortable with, with oh, I did all of this. No, you got to be humble. But it's true. I mean, we know people like this. And we have to pray for them. I know people in my family that were like this when I was growing up. You know, they, they, they like to be those types of people who went to church and they would talk about the Bible, but they, they spewed hate and they had a way to be a Catholic and faithful and in the good side of the Lord. And it was never going to be you. It was only them, but they didn't follow what God said because they were hateful and some of them have had addictions and and they were really horrible people when it came to their behaviors truly it's just the examples i got of religion were through them like when you're young your family is basically showing you what it is and you don't have a frame of reference until you get out of your house and probably leave your country like I did. So Jesus knows that the teachers of the law and the Pharisees, even though they sit on Moses in Moses' seat, their hearts are not with God. So it doesn't count. But he's not obsessed over it. He doesn't give them more than what it is. He tells the truth and he keeps it moving. Same thing with when we see people in, in the church and we see that they, later we find out they are pedophiles or they abused people. We have to just say, God knows everything and they will be judged by God. Meanwhile, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go to confession and I'm going to participate in the communion. I'm going to go to mass. I'm going to donate my time. I'm going to donate money so that the church can keep on going. We cannot be the ones who tell people what to do constantly. We're not in their hearts. 
Even people that we think they're good people today, they may have a black heart. We don't know. But what we do know is that God is the one who has to be in our, like, our north. So we look at that north and say, God is with me. God will guide me. And regardless of what happens, I will just follow God and let God do God. And I'll do what I'm supposed to do, which is to be obedient to God. That's it. There's a lot of people that we know that they preach something and they don't practice it. Is it up to me to open their eyes? I don't know. Is a conversation coming coming to the table or I'm just going and trying to Bible thump around my life? Now, I can quote Jesus and say, well, this is not what Jesus teached, what, sorry, what Jesus taught, but that's kind of the end of it. Unless I'm going to actually do something, don't fill your heads or hearts or mouths with what's going on in what church because we don't know. Now, if things come to the surface, let the law of man go to the full extent. And if that fails us, because man will sometimes fail us, we know that God got, got our backs and he will do it right by justice. Don't try to carry that heavy lifting of having to be the one who gives out the justice constantly. Let God do his work. It's, it's very simple. We'll do our work. God will do his work. And we will just keep on going. So if you see something, say something. But don't let other people get in the way with how you practice and how many times you go to church or if you go to confession or if you pray. Don't let people get in the way. The devil is alive and the devil is running around and doing his thing. Don't let him win. That's how far we have come to this. That we have to think in those terms if we really want to wake up. Again, that's it for today. Matthew 19, Matthew 23. I'm going to put the links in the description so you can go, at, go ahead and if you want to read it, go ahead and read it. This is Breakthrough, Waking Up to the Real You, Sunday's Word, and I'll see you next time. Bye.